I want to start this morning with, uh, with, with where we kind of left off last week. And this is really about prayer, but really more than anything, it's about how, how do I walk with God successfully? How do I uh, in, uh, encounter Him and live in such a way that, that I'm experiencing Him? And the world around me, and, and it's real. It's not just this kind of a religious thing that I do every week and s- somehow hope that maybe something happens. Okay? Now, we're going to look at the scriptures and where we left off last week. Kids, pay attention. Hi. We left off last week. The last passage of scripture that I used was Ephesians 6, and it was about the full armor of God. Okay? Uh, we were talking about roller coaster, the ups and downs in our faith. And most of us experience them, and, and these ups and downs in our faith can come. Uh, some of them are simply natural, the natural seasons in, with, in our spirituality. Others, other times, we take a nosedive because, because of decisions that we make. You know what I mean by that? Things that we do, things that we say, decisions that we make that aren't all that good. And we take a nosedive and start and start screaming at God. Okay, right? It's our fault, but God's. But it's easier to to to, to lay that on God. Uh, but but the scripture in Ephesians six, there 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 are two things that I'm just going to uh, uh, recite. Okay. Um, well, let me read it uh, since we have it up there. Put on the full armor of God, so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world for, forces of, dar- of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in, a, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you are able to, you will be able to, to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all saints. Now, you know, there are two things in, in that passage that I just want to kind of put on the table. The first one is, is that, uh, uh, you know, even though sometimes we think it's people, it's not people. The real battle is a spiritual battle, okay? The real, most of the things that you and I wrestle with in our walk and our relationship with God has spiritual dimensions. Now, I understand, I mean, and, and, and please know this, and I said this before, that the devil doesn't usually walk in the door with a, with a pitchfork and a long red tail. If you understand the scriptures that the enemy will, will use people who allow him to use Use them, right? Okay? He'll even use you at a weak moment. And remember the passage of Scripture when, when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he's telling that, them that he's going to Jerusalem, that he will, become, he will be crucified and on the third day raised again from the dead and all of these things. And rather than say, man, I don't understand that and tell us more about that, Peter steps up and says, 
No, 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 be it far from you, da, 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 all of these kind of things. And, and Jesus turned to him and said, get thee behind me, Satan, because you value the things of the world, not the things of God. See? So Peter, one of his primo, primary uh, disciples or apostles, you know, you know it's possible for, for, for your friends and your neighbors to be, you might say, if they're focusing on the values of this world and they're giving you the kind of, uh, of, 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 of direction that values the world, they're not, be, they're not listening to God. Parents do that. Sometimes parents won't let their children, their children we've got some kids off at, uh, at, uh, at, at Acquire the Fire right now, and, and so um, they're going to come back all fired up about missions. Well, I want you to know that there are a lot of parents that don't want that for their kids. They don't want to be missionaries. They don't want them in ministry. Because we just don't make enough money. Right? I mean, we want more for our kids than that, right? We want them to be, we want them to have, uh, we want them to go on to school and do, do, do other things that actually, you might say, don't, 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 Focus on things of the ministry because, again, there's not a lot of money in ministry. Not really. People who do this kind of stuff don't do it for money. But parents are, will often kind of like say, well, no, no, I, you know, it's nice for you to go on a mission trip, but eh, that's, that's probably not God. Well, we want you to go off to Princeton, Yale, this place or that place and stuff. And, and that's okay if that's what God is calling you to do. But oftentimes... The people in our own house are the people that are speaking the wrong things to us. Not always. Not always. But, but, but you get my drift here. We really, the wrestling is really against principalities and spiritual forces in high places. And sometimes he uses people. Most of the time he uses people. Sometimes he will use people who are close to you. So without going into, into greater detail, because that's not the point of the service... Sermons. And then in verse 18, he says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert uh, with all perseverance and petition for the saints. Okay. Now, the things that I left you with last week were about four or five things, and I'm going to use these as kind of as a springboard. Uh, in last week's message, and we were talking about the ups and downs of faith and how to navigate and live in a relationship with God and do so successfully, we've got to understand the reality of God and his love relationship with you and me. He says, I, will, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I will never leave you or forsake you. You can take that to the bank. I want you to know that God's word doesn't matter how you feel. The truth of God's word doesn't matter if you've had a failure today or that you feel really depressed and, you know, it's like gray clouds for the last six weeks, right? And you're, and you're, you're, you're coughing down D2s, you know, just, just to make yourself you know, get through the day. Uh, vitamin D. <laughs> it's supposed to replace sunshine. Okay, everybody got me with that? Okay, sorry. And so you're trying to get through there. And, uh, but the reality of God's word is the reality of God's word. And, it does, and, and it's true whether we think it is or not. Or how we feel, feel today doesn't change who God is. So the reality of God is that he loves you with an everlasting love and that he'll never leave you. 
Uh, you may not understand everything he does or why the things happen. Here, here's just, let, let me just a side note. Sometimes crazy things happen in my life, things that, that I don't like. Anybody with me there? Uh, 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 things don't work. You know what I've, I've learned to do? I've learned to say, God, you said, you said to me in your word that all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Look, I'm having a hard time seeing it. <laughs> Show it to me. Show it to me. And he does. Okay? Okay? So, so again, what do we have there? We have the supremacy of God's uh, and the reality of God's word and his truth. No matter if the sun is shining or, or if we're in the midst of a, of a torrential downfall. And I'm not talking about the weather here. I'm talking about the weather in our lives. Okay. All right. The reality, so, so if we're going to walk and live in accordance with faith and enjoy him and understand him and do this successfully, we've got to have the foundation of believing that his word is true. Not the, not the you might say, and it trumps our feelings. It trumps our emotions. It trumps whatever the world says to us. It trumps what our mothers and fathers may have said that's different. It is true, it's foundational. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. Wow. The foundations of everything that I understand, and I've, and I've grown to trust, those things will pass away, but God's word will be true forever and ever and ever. So I, I think it's, that's pretty solid. Okay, so the first thing is that the reality of his word. Now, you've got to, you and I have to make the right decisions. Okay. You know, this is not a simple one-step one formula, is it? Okay? God, and then he doesn't make us do anything, does he? So, I mean, I was having a conversation this week with people, and they were saying, well, um, uh, you know, we were talking about evil in the world and the problems. I said, wait a second. When was the last time you knew to do right and you chose to do wrong? And he said, well, Tuesday. Uh, what's today? Uh, this morning. <laughs> yeah? And, and God didn't stop you, did he? The relationship is thus. He speaks his word to you. He, he, he lives inside of you. And, and by his presence, his spirit, he says, come this way. You can decide not to. So God doesn't, God doesn't, God doesn't put a wall up against you every time. You, that, you know, every once in a while, he'll, he, will, he will give some real good pushback doesn't he? The Holy Spirit pushes back pretty hard, doesn't he? Let you know. Okay? Make the right decisions. That's, sometimes, that's a lot easier to say than, than it is to do. Right? Anybody with me there? But make some good decisions. Drawing strength from God's well. And I wanna, that's, this is where I want to drill down in the next four weeks. Drawing strength from God's well. And, and I said family and the strength that comes from the connections. This is where you draw some strength. Scripture, that you soak in it, and it says faith comes, uh, faith, faith comes by hearing in the word of God. Prayer, building yourself up in, the whole, in, in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. And worship, that sets in motion the hand of God in your life. Those are things I want to drill down on today. I, want to, I just want to focus on in prayer. Luke, the 11th chapter. Luke, the 11th chapter, and we should have it there. 
It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now, I guess we can start off with Jesus was praying. Why would God pray? He was the Son of God. He has a relationship with his Father. He is in the flesh. He's here in the flesh. I'm not going to try to explain all that except that we see that it was important to Jesus, not only in this instance, but in other places, okay? It happened while Jesus was praying in a certain place. And after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. And for we, are sin, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now, you know, that's, that's kind of a, in the parallel passages in the, other, in the other Gospels, you see a little, uh, you might say, a more full version of this. And many of us have learned to pray. Uh, some people call this uh, the Lord's Prayer. Now, if, you're, if you've got a Roman Catholic background, uh, you'll, you'll know this as the Our Father, okay? Those kind of things. But here's the, the deal, we often will repeat this prayer, we, and, and, and I know, I mean, I've, I've led services where we, we pray uh, the Lord's Prayer. Nothing wrong with that, but there's far more going on here than that. There's far more going on here than that, okay? Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes, and, and goes uh, to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come Come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door's already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot give you, get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask. We're talking about prayer here. Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now suppose one of you, one of you fathers is asked by a son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he asks for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If, he? if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, you know, just the whole thing is, wait a second, what's this in here? It's the last thing. The Holy Spirit? Who's asking about the Holy Spirit? What does this have to do with anything? Perhaps we'll get to that. All right, again, the purpose today, the purpose today, I want to focus on prayer. And there's a number, a number of reasons why I want to focus on prayer. The, the, the bigger scheme of the picture is that we should not live our, our Christian life running on empty. Yeah? I've done it. I've preached running on empty, spiritually. I have counseled. I have lived And there have been times when I was running on empty. You know what I mean by that? Desperately in need of God's filling in my life, but going through the motions anyway. 
I mean, I don't think anybody's not had that experience. And if if that shocks you, (laughs) that the pastor would say, oh, yeah, this is the way. Look, I will I will take I'll, I'll pull the curtain back every time because I don't mind you seeing. Why don't I mind you seeing that I'm flesh and blood and that I wrestle with the same things that you do so that you won't think, well, this 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 these things are good for him because he's special. No, I'm telling you, as you and I walk this faith, all things are possible to them that believe. And that there are no special people. We stand before God in this thing in terms of of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Now, uh, when I say with fear and trembling, I want you to know there is there God is on God is on the mark. The Holy Spirit is here. He loves you, loves me. And we don't have to, uh, we don't have to, to worry whether or not get, that God has our back. But we're wrestling through a world where there is, there's a lot of pushback. There's a lot of things that are happening. And, you know, I like to see uh, the Scripture sees all of these things in spiritual terms. Now, you and I might have divided this stuff up. Well, it's just family issues, family problems. There's always a spiritual dimension and all of the things that we wrestle with in life. All right. The first thing, as I look at these passages, some of these things I've mentioned earlier, but, but I want to go into a little detail, is that Jesus prays. Now, and he prayed to the, if you look in the scriptures, you'll find that there, a number of times he would go away and pray all night. Right? I mean, after a day of preaching and teaching and feeding 5,000 His disciples got into a boat and they went across the sea and Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. Okay? Most of us say, man, what you really need is a nap. Yeah, you worked all day, you need a nap, but I want you to, the scripture tells us that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Okay? That God has a place for you, even though you might be weary when you get on your knees. It's, a, it's uh, Wednesday nights, the, the, you know, uh, the camel says it's hump day, right? Yeah. <laughs> and as Wednesday night, we were halfway through, and you, you've been through it all day long. And, and how many times do you come to, to Wednesday afternoon and say, man, I'm too tired to go to church. I'm not going tonight. And it doesn't get any better. It didn't get any better because you stayed home. But I find that when I come, sometimes, even I, I'm standing up there, uh, I've got a guitar, and I'm a little weary. It's been a long day. I always, I always think, well, I'm going get to get out of here at noon on Wednesday, go home and rest. That seldom happens. So I come in Wednesday having a full day just like you, and I'm tired. But I find that as we pray, as we worship, there's something about the presence of God that refreshes and renews and strengthens. Amen? So, so, so look, two and two does not, when it comes to God, it equals five, not four. It may equal six. The things that we can dissect in our lives and say, well, this is the way it works. You add God to the, to the equation and you get a whole new result. And that's always the case. So Jesus prays. Why did he pray? Relationship with the Father. I think there was planning. There was all that God would, God the Father would reveal things to him and tell him what was next. Isn't that what, what he said the Holy Spirit would do when he came? 
He would reveal to us the things that belong to him and disclose these things to us, reveal to us the things that were coming down the pike that were later. I don't know how many times God's told me about stuff for my kids. It really bugs them too. (laughs) Bugs my kids that I talk to God and God tells me stuff about them. I talk to God and he tells me things about you. So I <laughs> Maybe I'll stop right there. But see, but he only tells me the things that I need to know. There's a purpose and a plan. God's got a purpose and a plan. But Jesus, but Jesus, and, and like I said last week, what did Jesus do? Up on, uh, on that, you might say that last place, that last place, up on the uh, up on the side of the Mount of Olives, as he prayed, you know, right before he was he was, you know, he's going to be tried. He knew it, and he was saying, and he he had had a long day. In fact, he had had such a long day. The people who were with him, they were snoozing. Huh? It was the end of a day, but Jesus was wrestling with what he was about to to encounter, and he was probably. Dead dog tired. Inside he was burdened. But in prayer, God renewed him. It says that the angels ministered to him. Do you know that's what happens when you pray? Holy Spirit, angels minister to you. That's how when you get down and you've got a burden, you've you've got a decision to make, you've got something that you've done that you know God didn't approve of, you didn't approve of it. And you take it before God, which I'm always saying, hey, do that. Just lay it out to God. Because I know that when you get up, if you, if you really take this before God, I know that when you get up, he will have ministered to your spirit. Praying people don't have fewer problems than, than anybody else. They just have more help. Do you understand? So Jesus prayed. And then in this passage, we see a pattern of prayer. And if you're with me on Wednesday nights, you know what that pattern is. Remember, the disciples asked, didn't say, teach us what to pray. They taught, so he said, teach us how to pray. And they were comparing themselves to John the Baptist and all that. John taught them, we're your disciples, teach us. And he begins with something like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed or holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins or our trespasses or our debts. Depends on the translation. As we forgive those who sin against us, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And one translation says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Now, most of the time we're we're like, we we just, we repeat the prayer. I would like to say to you, that's not, I don't think that was God's purpose. That that was not Jesus' purpose. He was teaching them how. What did they do? Enter in, the, the scripture tells us, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Our Father, my Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. I glorify you. I thank you. I worship you. I praise you. 
how you enter into when I come, when I come to your house I'm I'm going to walk in the front door and say thank you so much for inviting me. What a lovely place you have. It's I mean that's where the conversation is. And on the way out, I mean this, this we'll, we'll touch on this we're going to have the same kind of a thing. There's worship in the beginning. And then and then 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 before I ask for anything, I tell God and this is what he said, your will be done. How many times do we, should we pray before we ask for the things that we think are important? He says, God, whatever, whatever happens here today, let your kingdom be established. And all the decisions, if I'm praying wrong, I want, you to, I want you to say no. If the things that I want are not the things that will build your kingdom and the things that are somehow outside of your will, your perfect will, I don't want them. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what that's about. There's an eternal truth. There's an eternal standard. There's a love truth. There's a love standard. God is true. And he knows. He has a plan. He has a plan for each and every one of us. I often pray, God, let your perfect will be accomplished in my life. Worship. Then I get into my needs and my requests, right? Give us this day our daily bread. You know, sometimes I look at my own mirror. I go to, to the, the cupboard this morning. We didn't have any eggs. And we just forgot to go to the grocery. So, I mean, that's hard times, right? <laughs> <I got it. laughs> that's hard times. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't have the right kind of bread this morning. Like, you know, it's, like, it's silly. They're just, you know, it's like. I had, I had choices of so many things. And you know what I chose? I chose grits. We had cheesy grits. Right? Okay. <laughs> kind of a southern thing, all right? But every once in a while that pops up. But, but, uh, but rather than say, God, sometimes I say, God, thank you that my cupboards are full. I'm not going to, you know, thank you. Thank you. But in this place, in this portion of prayer, if you're, if you're asking, how do I pray? You begin to worship. You ask God's purpose, his perfect will and purpose. Then, then, then that place. Most of us just kind of, when we get on our knees, we launch into, I want to. You know, we launch into that. We've, we've, we've all done it because those are the things that are pressing. I want somebody healed. I want somebody touched. I want somebody, I, you know, I need this. I need that. I want, I want these things. God, fill me with the things that I want. There's a place for that. It's this place right here. But again, what have we got? We've got worship, your will, okay, this thing, okay. And then, then I can lay out the needs, whether it's praying for somebody, the request. Then there's a place where he deals with sin. Lord, forgive me my sins as I forgive others, okay. You know, that's another message altogether, but there's a place in there for, for dealing with sin. And lead me not into temptation, God. You know, you know the world I live in. And I need your grace. I need, I need you to protect me. Yeah? I need you to protect me from, from, the, from the temptations of the world. And at the end, there's simply worship. Yeah? I mean, usually if I come to your house for dinner, I don't eat and jump up and run out. You'd think that's kind of, as they say, rude, right? That'd be kind of rude, right? Or strange or odd. 
but eventually, as, I, as, as a person is leaving your home, so thank you so much for a wonderful night. I appreciate the, the evening. I appreciate the invitation, etc., etc. So we practice this kind of thing even, even, even among us. So when I'm done praying, when I've kind of gotten to that place, I worship again. So thank you, Lord. Now, I don't want to bind people to some kind of like a chain on this. But when, if you want to know how to pray, okay? Some of, you, some of you say, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. Sometimes I get down and I just am up. I don't know what to say. Take this form and begin to fill in the blanks and work your way through that prayer. And you'll find you'll spend 15, 20 minutes. You can spend an hour doing this or longer. Just depends on how much. But this is a good pattern. It's not the only way to pray. But for those who are saying, how do I pray? I don't know how to pray. It's right here. This is, he gives us a template to use. The other thing, the other thing in this passage of Scripture is the, the lesson. He says, suppose a man's in bed at night, and he's got a friend, and da-da-da-da-da, and the guy comes to the door and says, look, I'm, I've, got, I, I've got an unexpected visitor, and I need some food. And the guy calls down and says, look, I'm in bed, go away. Look, I'm in bed, go away. What's he going to do? He's going to get up and find the food and, and give it to him. He's probably not feeling really good about it. His motivation isn't particularly pure. But he's going to give his friend what he's asking for. Now, God's not like this. That's, that's not the point. Again, later on he says, if you, being evil, know how to give, give good things. See, so that's, that's where we are. He says, persistence. No, he, says, he says, ask, what does he say here? If we go back up to verse 9 in that passage, he says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Now, there's probably, you could probably preach or, or teach a whole message on what's the difference between seeking, knocking. Look, I'm not going to do that. Persistence. Here, here's the thing. If you seek, you will find God. Isn't that what he says? He says, uh, if, uh, if those who seek me will find me. That's what he says. If you ask, you'll receive. If you, if you knock on the door, what's, what's, what's Romans? Uh, I believe it's Romans uh, 3 or something, or 1 or whatever. It says, behold, I stand at the door not. If any man hears my voice, the door opens both ways. When I knock on the door, God answers. God answers. And then you find, what's the quality of his answers? Can I say that? What are the qualities of God's answers to us? Is that, that's another question that's answered right here in this passage. What's the quality of God's answer to us? When he gives us things, does he give us the good stuff or does he give us the bargain basement stuff? Does he do things halfway does, or, or can he provide the things that we need? He's, and, and, he, and he illustrates it this way by saying, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, your heavenly father is way beyond that. And he knows how to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Now, that seemed to be off 
So let's, 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 back up and let's back up away from that first and say, okay, God knows how to give gifts. So the quality of his responses are like five star. Can I say it that way? God knows what you need. I'll have to say that sometimes I didn't think they were five star, but it always turned out that way. You know, I've asked for things and wanted things, and I remember the Holy Spirit was saying, that's a bad idea. But I persisted. I, like, I've told you before, I have, I have the gift of the Holy Spirit of stubbornness. And I persist even when God says, no, I want it. I want it, God. I want it. You know? I can be, I, you know, I can be messed up even in my wanting before God. Isn't that crazy? But I've already said, God, in the big picture, I want your perfect will. In the big picture, I, I've got to have your perfect will. Even when he gives me pushback, I'm not sure it's God's so... And because I want it so bad, I said, God, I want that. I want that. It wasn't a Nerf gun or anything like that, kids. It was something else. It had to do with people. had to do with church. had to do, you know, these kind of things in life. And there there would be times when he just wouldn't give it to me because, honestly, it wasn't his perfect will. And I'd already... Given, I'd already laid that out and said, that's what I want. Above all things, your perfect will. So God has a way, and it says, the quality of his responses are perfect. The quality of, a respo- of his responses to us are in line with his will and his, and, and his love for us. Now, the bonus of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know why that was slipped in there, except that, now we could, we could play with that a little bit, so, the, the God, Heavenly Father knows how to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Now, some of you who haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit, been baptized in the Holy Spirit, know this, that when you ask, you'll receive. Just like everything else that God gives you, you receive it by faith. God knows how to give that to you. God ha- knows how to give the gift of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Now, why the Holy Spirit? It is by the Holy Spirit that we receive power to live and to witness. Isn't that what the book of Acts says? It is by the, once the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power to be my witnesses. But we know in other places that the Holy Spirit enables us, reveals things to us that God the Father wants us to know. Empowers us to live this faith, and to live this life. Can I say to you, and this is a little anecdote, but it's biblical, that when I pray, God fills me with the Holy Spirit. And when I'm full, filled with the Holy Spirit, I have a whole lot less, uh, I have fewer problems with sin. When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I have, I'm, I'm far more patient and loving with, with people. When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I feel good about myself, about God, and about all the others. So, so when I pray, he changes me. There are two things that happen when I pray. He changes me and he changes the world. Do you know the biggest, the biggest fight is not, the biggest fight that you and I have is not changing the world, it's changing us. Yeah? The, 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 the guy right in the, in the, in the mirror, the, the lady in the mirror. Yeah? And God wants you, to, you and me to change. 
In what, in what way? Does he love us the way we are? Sure, he loves us just as we are. But he wants to bring us into a place where we, we are created in his image. He wants us to live and relate to one another in his image. And he's got something for us to take away sin, to take away the, the bondages of sin, you know, the bondages of self, the bondages of sin, and to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Now, that's the bonus. But here's the good news, and we're going we're gonna to wrap up with this. Oh, wow. Right on the money, 12 o'clock. Here's the good news, and I want you to hear this, guys. Here's the good news in all of this. There's, there's a lot of things I've shared with you. Here's the good news. Anyone can pray. There's not, there's not one person in here that, that can't pray. You know, this is, not a, this is not reserved for somebody with a tall, pointy hat. Sorry. This is not reserved for the guy with the collar. It's not reserved for the guy who's kind of like walked between here and, and wherever on his knees through broken glass. You have the same standing before God in terms of the opening and the receptivity of God. What was the little lady's name? She was a nun. Mother Teresa? I don't know how you feel about her. She's a nice lady. I believe she loved God. You have the same standing before God as, as Joyce Myers does. There was, once upon a time, that wasn't true. But he opened that door for you on the cross. It wasn't a door, though, was it? It was a veil. There was this big, heavy veil that was between humanity and God. God was on the other side. You couldn't go through it except by blood sacrifice. And you had to do it every year. There came a day when Jesus, was the Lamb of God, submitted himself to, the, to sacrifice on the cross. And somewhere in the process, he died. And he said, it's finished. It was at that moment, a lot of kind of interesting things happened. You know, a lot of people were looking at the the thunder and the lightning and all that stuff, but the real cool thing, the real deal happened in the, in the, in the, in the tabernacle or in the temple. There was a, that, that, that big heavy veil that separated God from us was split down the middle. Everybody in this room can pray and has direct access to God. And if you can pray, you can change the world. If you can pray, you can change the world. You can turn this thing upside down for you and for the people around you. Let's just, we can focus on you. Do you know you have access to God? Oh, no, no, you're not good enough. That's true. You might look in the mirror and say, I'm, I'm, I'm really a, I don't belong in this company. And God says, oh yeah, you do. 
Because it's not by right works of righteousness that you have done. (laughs) It is by faith, by grace. God has opened the door for you and called you his own. He has put his name upon you. He has sealed you with the Holy Spirit. And that gate is open. That veil is open. And if you can pray, you can change the world. Now, this world around us is in a tough place. And I, and in spite of what many of us would like, I think we're hurtling toward the abyss. Why do I believe that? That's what the scripture says is going to happen. And there'll come a time when there'll be a shout from heaven. And there will be, and the voice of the archangel will be the one that's shouting. And there'll be a trumpet. And it says that the dead in Christ will rise. And those who are alive and remain with them will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Remember what I said before, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. These, the people around you, even if they're unbelievers, they don't, they don't, they're not your enemies. They may not like you, but they're not your real enemies. Those are the victims. Those are the ones that God loves. Do you know you can change their future? Do you know that you can change their future by, 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 by interceding in prayer for them? Moving their hearts to where they, 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 they would simply say yes to God so that they could sit in these pews with you, walk with you down these streets, share in the joy and the glory of God's presence. You know what it feels like to be saved? Some of you don't. Most of you do. To have the burden of sin taken away. It's free. It's free. It's free. But it's free to you and me. It costs something. It costs the life of, of Christ. But he gave it willingly for you, for me. If you can pray, you can change the world. If you can pray, you can change their future. You can change, not only change yours, you can change theirs. They don't have to suffer hell. You and I, you and I are the key. We're the ones who will stand in the gap and pray and intercede for them. Amen? This altar's open. For anyone who wants to, please stand with me. Stand with me. Let's worship the Lord. If you haven't prayed, pray. If you've never talked to God, talk to Him. Lay out, I mean, it doesn't even have to be perfect. I've laid out a form here. But you know what? God hears every utterance. He hears you even before you speak. If you incline yourself to Him, to communicate with Him, He's there. He says, if you will seek me, you will find me. If you're here today and you've never given your heart to Christ or you're not living for Him and you'd like to give your heart to Him, meet me right here. I know I, I, I try not to be a scary person. I try. I really do. I try not to be a scary person. So have courage. 
What I want to do is I want to introduce you to, to life everlasting. I want to introduce you to Jesus. As other people are worshiping, other people are, are singing praises to God, and as we're just enjoying God's presence, why don't you meet me here? If God is speaking to you right now and you need Him and you want Him, meet me here now.